Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, oh, thy great one. Oh, can we get him a wide receiver in round one ever? Oh, Aaron Rodgers, give him some help. I want to see the freaking Packers take a wide receiver. Chris Sims singing his Aaron Rodgers song. They got some wide receivers. They didn't take one in the first round. They, they haven't got a taken receiver. any offensive player in the first round since Jordan Love last year. Well, he's the only one in 10 years they've taken in round one, and he plays quarterback, and that issue continues as we begin our trek into May. We approach rookie mini camps, OTAs, whoop, mandatory whoop. mini camps. And football, football. This Rogers thing, Chris, it has hijacked the entire National Football <laughs> yes, League. Yes, it has. It really has. It's the only topic anyone cares about. It has taken the Russell Wilson drama that lingered for a week or two right, and made that look like that was a pimple on the rear end of a football. This thing now is a far bigger story than Wilson's was, and it's got a sense of immediacy to it because the clock is ticking and the Packers yeah. need to make some decisions. And by all appearances, their decision is to just wait it out. Yeah, that's See right. See if he means it. Right. Call his bluff. Right. And uh, just it's it's almost like what the Texans had to deal with, but the Texans at least dealt with it in January and February. No doubt. The yes. Packers are dealing with it in May and June, where you, you you get a little more you get a little more nervous, you get a little more antsy, right? As as these days unfold, because you see that reporting date in late July getting closer and closer and closer every single day. Yeah, those are the things you you don't want to like have unsettled things going to training camp, especially with your star quarterback and not knowing where that stands. So it is, it's, you know, it's getting towards that dangerous time where teams of course want to formulate their team and have the leader and who's our quarterback. And we know he does this well and doesn't do this well. And we can't do that in the offense. I mean, that's all part of the, the part of the puzzle of, 
of putting it together and, and being a good football team. So, yeah, it feels a lot like Deshaun Watson. I was going to say the same thing to you, where it just seems like it, it's inevitable. It's not on good terms. And it's like, I don't think the organization loves Rodgers, but hey, he's still really good and they know they need him. And it just seems like Rodgers could care less about the organization at this point and is really dug in. But how dug in, Mike? That's going to be the, the big question for me. Well, because you play it out the way it went with Watson and the way it's still going with Watson for reasons unrelated to his discontent yeah. with the Texans. Because I think the Texans had reached that point of acceptance just before other issues complicated Watson's future. But with Watson, the prospect of sitting out a year, no big deal. Mid-20s. He's got a lot of football left. If he really wants to dig in with the Texans, yeah, I'll sit out a year. I'll sit out two years. I still play 15 beyond that. Right. With Aaron Rodgers, the train's pulling into the station. That's right. Far closer to the end than the beginning. Yep. You're going to give up a year? You're going to give up half a year? You know, the Carson Palmer situation is the one that gets mentioned most often in comparison to Rodgers because Palmer was done with the Bengals. The owner was hard-headed. The owner said, go ahead and rot. I don't care. And he sat and he sat and he sat until a fluke broken collarbone yeah. suffered by Jason Campbell opened the door to multiple first-round picks. Problem solved. But to get there, Carson Palmer had to sit out six weeks of the season. Does Rodgers even want to do that? Does he want to miss one game given that he's only got four years left? So whatever this plan is, if it entails playing in 2021 – they 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 need to they need to do something more, I yeah. think, to get the point across. And this gets back to the message I've been sending ever since Thursday, Friday, when this all first came up. You got to tell us what you want. You got to let everyone know what you want. I, Mike, you can't I'm play with these you. Games anymore. I'm you got to say what you want. Yeah. If you're gonna get what you want, you got to say what you want. Yeah. That that's right. I, I that I, that to me is where it's the biggest question of the whole the whole scenario. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think that's it. You've kind of said this for a long, long time. I give you a lot of credit. I, I mean, I think your read is right. Yeah, Rodgers is that kind of guy that he, he doesn't want to be the bad guy. He doesn't want to do that. Well, okay, that's fine and dandy. But for right now in this situation, the way you just explained it, like is Rodgers willing to get his hands dirty and like kind of look like a jerk? for a little while with the Green Bay Packer fan base and everything like that to basically force a move somewhere else. Is he willing to do that? And, and, and I really don't know. It's, it's odd. Like I felt like I felt like with Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, like I, I, I had a feeling of like, you know what, when they need to be the bad guy, they'll do it. I don't know if Rodgers has it in them to do it. And that, that's the big question. How, what do you feel about that? I think he'll do what he ever has to do to do? pander to the fans. Yeah, I think, okay. he'll, I think so. he will do some major league pandering to the fans at the appropriate time, whether that's financial contributions, billboards, open letters in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, okay. whatever he has to do. It'll but, be a political campaign where he panders to the fans and bends over backwards to get them on his side. But do you think, think he'll go scorched coming. earth, though? Do you think he'll go scorched earth on Green Bay, though, to make that happen and kind of force their hand and really go like, hey, I'm I'm done, I'm serious, I'm out of here, I don't want to do that? You know, he's going to have to say some of those things publicly, too, and probably make this a little bit messier and then do what you said. And I'm just not sure if he's willing to do that first part. Like, what do you think about that? 
I think that's his nuclear option that he's yeah he's moving his finger towards closer. The yeah, right, right. But I'm not sure he's ever going to press uh -huh. it. Right, I, yeah. I'm not sure he's ever going to do it. He wants to try to get out without half having to actually go that far because at that point it really does increase the possibility that fans will turn on him no matter what he does to pander to them. And I think that that's where the Packers are calling his bluff the most. It's not just go ahead and sit out. It's yeah. go ahead, go ahead and go scorched earth. We dare you yeah, to take right. us on. We're the Packers community owned. You take on us, you're taking on the fans necessarily. Anyone who has that framed stock certificate on the wall in their den, you're taking them on too. That's how I could see the Packers couching it and just daring him to turn it into a big fight because they ultimately think he won't because that's the read they have on him. That's I still think Mark Murphy's the guy who's the puppet master here working this thing out, keeping Aaron Rodgers just upset enough so he plays well, but not so upset that he upsets the apple cart, and now he's trying to upset the apple cart, and Murphy thinks he won't do it. When push comes to shove, you won't do it. However, teammates are starting to get the message. Devontae Adams, a cryptic tweet from Monday, but, you know, either he's sending a message about the situation or he's completely and totally tone deaf to the broader circumstances of his life right now. And that happens from time to time with athletes. They claim, oh, I wasn't talking about that 600-pound block of Limburger cheese sitting in the living room, even though I was. Got to appreciate what you got while you got it, Devontae Adams said. Possibly a message to himself. <laughs> Seriously. That's what I was yeah, Right. Yeah, you know? <laughs> or, or a message to Packers fans. I mean, multiple <laughs> levels and layers of message, Chris, complicated by the fact that Aaron Rodgers saw that tweet, and he's one of the 53,000-plus who clicked the like button. Boom. So, uh, yes. Yeah. See, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to play this way for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to try to do it. Just be an irritant. Yeah. Just he's passive-aggressive, as agitate. you said. Yeah. Yes. And and all it takes is that one day that yeah. Mark Murphy says, all right, I, I've, had, I've just had enough. I'm too old for this crap. Let's just... Look, we're going to feel better to be done with this guy because he's never going to come at us the way that we want. It's going to constantly be sniping and these backhanded comments. Right. And he's going to be stirring. And, and, and I think he's hoping to shake their resolve. And then there will be a point. And I'm sure he's got it all mapped out, all planned out. He had last Thursday planned out. He's He's probably got various steps and strategies up until the first day of training camp, up until the first day of the regular season, up until the trade deadline. I'm sure he's got it all mapped out and all planned out. See, that's when everyone thinks you're really smart, they're going to assume that you're really smart and they're going to assume that you're really calculated, that you're strategic. And I consider that a compliment. Yeah. You got to have a plan for your life. Sure. And I think Aaron Rodgers has a plan for this season and he's working his way through the steps. Whoop. And I think he's he's in the let's just irritate them as much as I can so they'll throw their hands in the air and trade. Me. It does seem like, yeah, he's in that phase. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you in the fact that he probably does have a little, yeah, some, some sort of plan, a plan of attack here. There's no doubt. Here, here's one that I keep coming back to in this whole situation, Mike, and maybe you got a good thought on it or you know something that I don't. But, like, where – why, why do this now? Why, why do it now? That's where I come back to it, to where, like, at first, I didn't want to believe maybe Rodgers was behind some of this stuff that got released, uh, you know, late last week and all of that. My, my tune has changed, obviously. But 
What I'm just like confused about from his side of this, right? And you know you don't want to be there. Why why do it at the draft? And I know there's the Jordan Love last year and maybe it's payback, but if you really want out of there, why not make this known as soon as the season was over? You know, you would have had lots of options and things like that and really been able to figure out or steer your boat in the direction you wanted to go as far as the team you wanted to play for. I mean, he really closed some options out. I have a hard time thinking like, hey, the New England Patriots, would they have been involved with Aaron Rodgers if they knew he was available, you know, late February, early March? I, I bet you they would have. He would have had a whole bunch of other options. That's where I don't get it from his his camp or his side, Mike. Well, I think the Rams are the most significant example yeah, there. You, and yeah. remember, mm -hmm. two things. Sam Farmer of the LA Times reported that the Rams called the Packers and the Packers shot that down because they didn't want it to become a thing the way right. Russell Wilson was a thing at the right. same time. And number two, at one point, Les Snead used the phrase beautiful mystery in a different context altogether. You are right. Thinking, what's he up to? What's he up to? <laughs> You're right. I remember that. I, I think this, and this comes back to the point we were just discussing a few minutes ago about when and if Aaron Rodgers is willing to go scorched earth and be the bad guy. I think his plan from end of season until draft yeah. was to try to make it all happen quietly and behind the scenes without it becoming public, right. without it looking like he's the one that wanted out. And I also think that part of that was so he could stake out some real estate if he got traded, say, wasn't me, wasn't me, I, I, wasn't me, wasn't me, I didn't do it. I didn't ask for it. Right. You know, I, 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 would that surprise us? No. If that was what the plan was and he does get traded and he acts like, hey, you know, they're just they're just implementing their plan. They We all knew this day was coming the moment they drafted Jordan Love. I mean, there'd be something he could say to spin it back around on them, and they're not going to get into a street fight with him, especially after they've traded him. He'll be able to say whatever he wants. Yeah, you're right. So I think that was the plan. Three months to get them to do it. And they kept digging in. You know, they went out there three times, I, I'm told. I mean, it sounds three at times least, they yeah, went out there. Right. Yeah. Maybe more to try to get his feathers unruffled. And he, you know, he he held firm. And and I think they they called his bluff. Maybe they knew. Yeah. Maybe he told them, hey guys, here's how it's gonna go down. You don't trade me. You're gonna find out. First day of the draft. It's all going to hit. Just mark my words. It's all going to hit that I want out. Get ready for it. I'm giving you fair notice. You're going to have a distraction that gets dropped right on your plate as you're getting ready for the draft. This is all going to start to come out. You have until then to make it happen. If it doesn't happen by then, the world is going to know that I want out. And they may have thought, baloney, baloney. You're not going to do that. We know how you operate. Now, now look, this is far more candid of a communication here than maybe what they had it was far more subtle i assume but it, it, the the events would tend to suggest that he had that plan in mind he gave them that three months to do it they didn't do it and he acted on his threat now the question is what else is he threatened to do and will they continue to not believe they'll keep doing it and i think that's why we're at that point where are are, are they going to call his bluff all the way to the point where he goes scorched earth. So I think that answers the question. They just decided that yeah. he, wouldn't, You're he right. wouldn't make it known that he wants out, so they didn't feel compelled to trade him.
Yeah, and now they're dealing with it. And then, now, I mean, listen, now, I mean, dealing with it. But again, I think they're in phase two of like, let's call his bluff again. I don't think he'll go any more serious than what he just did this past weekend. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I have a hard time believing he will too. Uh, I do. You know, I mean, hey, at, at base. How do, you, how do you walk this back though? How do you tuck tail between your legs and show up after all this is out there? How do you do it? He's a very prideful person. Yeah. I, I, how? And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. He just is. A lot of guys playing in the NFL are very prideful. How do you say, oh, well, they got me. I yield. Take the king and knock it over. You win. I, I, I just don't see him doing that. I, I, I know. Well, I could see him kind of finagling a way of, hey, I'm not. Yeah, there's things I didn't like and I'm not happy. And he'll find a way. He's very smart, as we've seen in the, in the past. I mean, you've mentioned it. I think he can probably, if he does decide to walk it back, He'll find the right way and tune to do it. He will. You're right. And he'll probably, Mike, you make a good point too. He'll probably do some charity stuff and things like that to lessen the blow of everything as well with it. He is very calculated. There's no denying that. I mean, the other thing I just come back to is, you know, hey, one, is he willing to go scorched earth and make this a real public fight and really, you know, squeeze the Green Bay Packers? Hey, number two, you know, I know there's still going to be teams that are willing to trade for him right now or things like that. He is Aaron Rodgers, but man, so many of these teams have already made their bed and are kind of getting cozy and sleeping in it, going like, this is our team this year. You know, so like I said, he took those options away. And then the biggest thing to me here, too, is, is he just, man, are you willing, again, as much as I get disappointed with Green Bay and not going all in on Rodgers, are you really going to, you know, give away or leave a team that's you know on the cusp of Super Bowl yeah maybe maybe not really a legit Super Bowl contender without Aaron Rodgers but still he's got to be thinking like man we, we I mean we were this close last year we could get back there's no doubt we could win it you know you're really going to give that away like you said at the end of your career maybe three four five years left we're really towards the end of the prime and special things that's where, and I know he's aware of legacy and he wants to be, you know, the goat and all those type of things. That's where I just, I, 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 I don't know if he's going to be willing to retire or just totally walk away and give that away. I just can't imagine him doing that. Well, there's two different things there. There's retirement and giving up the rest of your career. And then there's trying to finagle a path to Denver where who knows how good that team could be. That's the team. Yeah. Constituted if Aaron Rodgers gets plugged in as the quarterback automatically. There's a risk there, but there's a hell of a potential reward. There's a lot that you said that caught my attention. And one of the things, and Matt Casey mentioned this in my ear while you were talking, as it relates to the path back to Green Bay. We could see a situation where Aaron Rodgers, as part of the broader effort to win the fan base, say, basically... Yes, there are issues between me and the front office. There are no issues between me and Matt LaFleur. Yes. There are no issues right. between me and the team. There are the players. There are no issues between me and the fans. So I'm coming back to do this right. I'm coming back to do everything I can to deliver a Super Bowl. We'll deal with my issues with the front office after the season. Because if you frame it that way, yes. if you do it just right, right. then... As he wins games, he rallies support. It becomes like a weird. Fan, yeah, fans deserve another title. Situation. Like I'm going to do it you for know, you guys. 
where the fans get caught in the middle of it and the two parties involved are manipulating them. And there's nothing the front office can do to manipulate them during the regular season. If Rodgers comes back and he's more motivated than ever with each victory, with each step they get closer and closer to the Super Bowl, they they are are on his side and they see his side and they become converted to the idea, if they aren't already, that uh, that the team is in the wrong. The front office is in the wrong and Rogers is in the right. The problem is, right now, what's unfolded since last Thursday, there are some fans, at least the ones I deal with anecdotally, that have been yelling at me via email, all caps, screaming at my eyeballs for years, that the Packers uh, are right and that and that you, why are you trying to create trouble and you're wrong about Aaron Rodgers and now they're starting to kind of pivot the other way. They're going, and yeah, they're great. They're, they're looking at Rod. You mean they're going? They're more, looking at Rodgers. Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to say they're like making a mess. No doubt, I agree. I, I the, the 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 public opinion has swayed back to where early last week, you know, we actually had this conversation. I think a little bit where I just went, man. I think if Rodgers wanted to do something or anything like that, if he did it the right way. You know, public opinions on his side, but it's not anymore. It's definitely not. It, it's it's gone the other way. He, I do think he angered people, not only Green Bay fans that this became an issue and everything like this, but just even just the normal NFL fan, I think feels a little bitter towards Rodgers that he kind of like hijacked the the draft weekend to a degree. You know, it's going to come off and look a little selfish to to those people, the casual fan, things like that. And yeah, I don't I don't think he's you know, in, in favor with the public here or, or up in Green Bay with the way it looks over the last four or five days. Let me say this. As the owner and operator of an NFL-based media outlet, I have no complaints. I have none whatsoever. Keep it coming, Aaron Rodgers. Keep doing whatever it is that you have to do in order to make this news continue because it's great for our business, that's for sure. It's not great for the betting business. The folks at PointsBet have removed the over-under win totals for the Packers and the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Hmm. So, man, How about that? Yeah. Well, and, and what's that tell you? That tells you that somebody somewhere knows yes. that if this is going to go down, it's yes. not going to be the Raiders. It's definitely not going to be the 49ers at this point. Nope. It's going to be the Broncos. The three teams that he's had on his private wish list for I don't know how long, at least days, maybe weeks, 49ers, Raiders, Broncos. Maybe the Rams. Run I think it's weeks. Point. You know, the, the thinking is he wants to get to the West Coast. Yes. The Packers aren't going to keep him in the conference. I, I think folks have started to come to that conclusion, and there's no other spot right now. Right. Although, you mentioned rosters being set. I think teams would. Yes, be I know. I said that too, but yeah, you're right. It's Rodgers, so they're still going to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, you know, they're hey. just getting cozy in the bed they made is what I was kind of saying to where they're going to be like, Man, we just set our team, but okay, you're right. They're still going to call. It's Aaron Rodgers. Let me ask you this. Yeah. We made the point last week how Jeopardy became sort of a pawn in this chess match between Rodgers and the Packers, and you wonder at what point the folks at Jeopardy are watching this saying, is this a guy we really want to be dealing with for the next 30 years? <laughs> right. Do we want to be dealing with do him? We, do we want Turd Ferguson? <laughs> you never know when it's going to flip to Turd Ferguson. That's the problem. Right. What if, what if you're one of these other teams and you know, you've heard about they know. 
Aaron Rodgers, a little prickly, a little hard to deal with. Yeah. Is he so good that you just don't care? Right. Yeah, that's it. Mike, everybody knows. They they know what Aaron Rodgers is. There's there's no doubt about that. I've had this conversation with enough people over the last few years in the NFL that, yes, you know, it's, it's hey, good guy, smart guy, little different, you know, going to challenge you, going to question everything you do, all those type of things. Yeah, it could be a little weird to coach here and there, but damn, he's Aaron Rodgers and he's good. And that's what it's going to come back down to when it all, you know, boils down to the, 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 the point at hand here. But like the Broncos thing, yeah, that's the one I look at, Mike. And I'll say this again, I'm not into breaking news or doing anything like this, but I think I did tell you yeah, the Broncos were a team about four or five weeks ago. I had heard from somebody I really trust in the NFL that was associated with Rodgers. Now, I've, I understood it as it was something that would happen after the 2021 season, that that would be the team that might make a play for him, and he had his eye on them. So it was you know, a, a, a natural fit that way. But it makes sense. We talked about it a little last week, that defense, those weapons, everything like that. And, hey, if the Dolphins were involved in the Deshaun Watson conversation, they still got a whole damn crap load of picks they can trade away if they really want to make a play here for Aaron Rodgers too. So those are two teams that at least just jump out to me at face value to say if they want to get it done, they can get it done. One big question becomes how intent he is on being west of Texas because yeah. there aren't a whole lot of options. You got the Chargers, no. The Rams, no. The Seahawks, I still think John Schneider, Packers shareholder, well, should entertain the possibility of a flip-flop of Russell Wilson seriously. and Aaron Rodgers. I still think that that's worth considering because it solves both teams' problems. It does. Although it introduces different problems for both teams as well. The Packers would have to give Russell Wilson at some point a gigantic contract, and the Seahawks would have to assume whatever issues the Packers have because I have a feeling John Schneider runs the Seahawks the same way that that the Packers run the Packers because that's that's where he grew up in sure. the, in the business so why do I want a guy that has an issue with the front office when I run my front office kind of the same way the Packers run theirs yeah no I, I mean it, it's a valid point it is you know it's 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 different people and at least they haven't scarred him like the Packers front office so you know again it is an interesting thought I have thought about it too I brought it up on my podcast yesterday just going I mean if they really don't want you know Wilson and they really don't want Rodgers yeah I mean well you could you can make it real easy make the flip you're right you got to worry about the contract situation with Wilson that's going to arise here and then with Rodgers where where you'd be different there is you just have to go well you know I don't know how long he'll be here for us That'll be the big the big thing. So they'll both have their issues to deal with, but it does make sense at a base level. There's no doubt. I just do you think either team would be willing to do that? Uh, I, I just I can't imagine. I think it's going to take a lot of work because you're trading one problem for another. It's just a different problem. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the reality. And I also think there's a broader issue at play here as NFL teams try to resist the proliferation of the NBA mindset uh -huh. where you have players who are taking over their careers. Right. And, and I think the league at large, the teams generally are looking at this saying, this isn't good for anybody if players have this much power. Right. So I think that's part of the resistance too that would go between Seattle and Green Bay because yeah, you'd be you'd be getting a different quarterback to plug in, but you also would be for two major players giving them what they want and pushing the pendulum closer and closer to NBA, not NFL, which I don't think the teams want.
Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. We got to get to this. Four Super Bowl championships along with Joe Montana. They got leapfrogged by Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers still has three to go to catch them. Bradshaw was on WFAN, the Moose and Maggie show yesterday, and had some things to say about Aaron Rodgers. Let's have a listen to the original TB12. With him being that upset shows me just how weak he is. Who the hell cares who you draft? I mean... I never, he's a three-time MVP in the league, and he's worried about this guy they drafted last year at number one. And for him to be upset, my God, I don't understand that. Pittsburgh drafted Mark Malone, number one, Cliff Stout in the third or fourth round. I had had him coming at me from all angles. Uh, I embraced it because when we went to practice, I wasn't worried about those guys, you know. It didn't scare me a bit. So I don't understand why he's so upset uh, at Green Bay. And then, then if they fire the general manager, he'll come back. Are you kidding me? Really? Aaron, that's that's where this is. Here's what I'd do. I wouldn't budge. Let him gripe. Let him cry. Retire. You're 38. Go ahead and retire. See you later. I mean, I'm really strong about stuff like that. And it just makes him look weak. In my way of looking, it makes him look weak. Do you think the threat is an empty one of retirement from Rodgers? Hadn't thought of it like that. (laughs) I love how you just get exactly what you see oh just raw raw mode like he's like you know i I really never thought of it never so let me think (laughs) about it right here hold on (laughs) and then and then he went back and forth he went back and forth on it four or five times and he said i've never been this wishy-washy on anything in my life but i think he eventually if i recall correctly and who the hell knows because he was back and forth on it so many times i think he eventually said He's bluffing. Call his bluff. Right. And and that's the old school football mindset. Right. Call his bluff. That's what we think the Packers are going to do, at least for now. Call his bluff. So I, I think Terry probably was already on the list of guys Aaron Rodgers doesn't like. If he wasn't, he's the latest name to be added to it. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Calling him right. out the way that he did. Chris. He just put his name above yours. That's what he did. He was like, wait, Florio at the top of the list. Hold on. I got one little space here. Bradshaw on top now. Um, well, I, I said to somebody yesterday yeah. that, that I've been on the list for so long. The page my name is on is more cracked and yellow in Kramer's teeth when he started smoking. Oh, well, don't. That's how long I've been on the list. Don't worry. He gets a fresh piece of paper and a nice new marker every now and then. And <laughs> he laminated he, like he his does, vaccination. He gets card. it up there. He ain't going to forget. Don't you worry. Uh, but, you know, listen, it is, it is difficult to watch with Rodgers. It is, I think, very strange for the old school player and even fan to get their head wrapped around like the current state of athletics, the way stars are, Aaron Rodgers, whatever it may be. You know, there's all issues there. You know, first off, what I would want to say to to Terry Bradshaw is just go, it's not about he cares about the quarterback. He's not worried about that. It's just about he wants the team to uh, commit to him. He doesn't want to go on. A, he doesn't want to be in a one-year. Wait, are they going to keep me? Or are they not going to keep me? Thing. It's not about Jordan Love or anything like that. 
So that's where I would say to that. And, you know, he brings up like the point about, hey, they drafted quarterbacks and things like that. Well, yes, they drafted quarterbacks and you embraced it. One, you've already won four Super Bowls at that point. So you're the king of Pittsburgh. We know that. There's no threat to you. And two, you're reco- he was coming to the end of his career. Like it wasn't MVP level type ty- style or type of football anymore. That's where it's a little different too with Rodgers and everything like that. So that's where I would just go. And then, hey, I mean, Terry Bradshaw. And they didn't draft Dan Marino in 1983 because they still had Terry Bradshaw. Exactly. And like, like Terry Bradshaw. And he threw eight more passes. Eight, exactly. So it was coming to an end and like everybody knew it to a degree. The other thing, too, is just like, I mean, Bradshaw's been very sensitive. That's the only thing that bothered me a little bit yesterday where I want to go, wait, this is the guy who didn't go back to Pittsburgh for 30 years because of – because what? I don't. They didn't let him retire on his own terms, right? I mean, is, isn't that basically what it was about? He felt like he didn't get to do it his way. Rogers, he held a grudge. Rogers wants he held to do it his way. I mean, yeah. so that's where I just don't like the 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 Bradshaw take. He's a guy I really love and I love listening to, but I didn't totally agree with everything he said there. But I will say this: when they did use a first round pick on quarterback Mark Malone, now. The times were different. That's another there was no thing. Internet. That's right. There was no sports talk radio. Right. It wasn't a big eruption as far as anyone knew. Right. And maybe he just kept his mouth shut until he got to one training camp and realized this guy stinks. There's nothing for me to be worried about. Yeah. No, I, I respect. Yeah, right. Well, I, I think that's I, I, I have a feeling and I've heard that's kind of like Aaron Rodgers thought up in Green Bay it was like this guy's raw. He's nowhere near ready. I'm not worried. I think he realized that real early last year. I heard that from people up there. So, you know, they're, they're, I don't think that's it. And, yeah, you know, with Bradshaw, come on. Early on in his career, man, he hated Chuck Knoll. He wanted to kind of get the hell out of there. He was he was miserable. So that's where I just don't like, like, come on, let's not be hypocritical now because there's somebody doing it. And to your point, Mike, come on, the world is different. It's different for these athletes. Social media has upped the ante in a big way. You know, like you said, back in those days, hey, there was three TV stations and a radio station. That's all everybody listened to. Now you go on your phone and you look at something and you could find 90 million things of like Rogers is a choke artist. Rogers is not the greatest. All like he's pinned to a label forever in this generation. And all these athletes are. And that's why they've taken power into their own hands because they're going to go, wait, I'm done with like hoping my GM and I can get lucky that my team will set me up. They're they're being held to a standard, so they're going. Nope, I'll be my own GM. I'm going to get in my own place. If you're gonna, if they're going to compare legacies and do all this, well, not everybody gets to be like Magic Johnson on the Lakers that has Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all these other good players. And then you get fortunate to win all those games and other great athletes who have had that. So athletes are trying to make their own moves now. That's a different generation. It's not apples to apples, is what I'm saying. It's not fair to compare it. If social media existed in the early 70s, Terry Bradshaw would have been doing two shows a night, guitar (laughs) in hand, singing country music, telling jokes, saying things that he shouldn't be saying publicly about the football team, and it would have been the most entertaining thing going. So maybe he just feels like he just was born at the wrong time or at the right time, as the case may be. Kyle Shanahan, he thought the right time last week was to – kick the tires a little bit on whether or not Aaron Rodgers would be available. John Lynch was a little gutsy last week in acknowledging it publicly. 
Kyle was on with Rich Eisen yesterday, and Kyle talked about it as well. Let's have a listen. Is it any truth that you you called the Packers upon hearing these rumors about Aaron Rodgers to see if that could work out potentially? Yeah, the exact truth is um, I don't want to wake up the next day on Friday and see Aaron Rodgers, um, one of the best quarterbacks in this league, traded without doing any due diligence on it. So I just called Matt and asked him if there was anything to it. And Matt told me I'd be wasting my time if if um, we had Lynch call. And so Lynch did not call anyone the next day. But, yes, I did reach out to Matt the night before and asked him if, if hey, man, I don't want to wake up the next day and see that Aaron was traded for something. I didn't at least look into it. And so that's what I did with Matt, and he gave me a very quick answer. So <laughs> I, I didn't even tell John to call Goody. Um, so I think that was, worked out, I guess. We were happy to get our guy, and hopefully it'll work out for them. Two observations. One, that photo is mesmerizing to me. It tells me that coaching the 49ers ages you like professional wrestling. Seriously. Doesn't it? He, he <laughs> looks God. He looks like he's 22 there. Now he looks like he's 45 right now. I know. Yes, it has. Here's the other thing, too. When he said, I didn't want to wake up Friday morning and find out that Aaron Rodgers was traded, this reinforces my belief that we're dealing with master class in how to pull strings and manipulate. I think the 49ers became a pawn in the effort to get the news out that as they looked for a way to kick off the avalanche of reports that came out last Thursday, the best way to kick it off is to have a report that the 49ers called the Packers about a possible trade for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that Kyle heard enough from someone close enough to Rodgers to believe it was worth Making an exploratory phone call yeah. to Matt LaFleur, and then, lo and behold, the next day it comes out. Yeah, I, I, I Mike, I, I think your read's right. That would be my read on this situation. You're exactly right. That let some, somebody, somebody let Fort Shanahan, the 49ers know you're right, that, you know, the situation, it, it would seem like it would be from somebody from Rogers' camp to, in this to make, to make sense. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, you, you hear... That's where it's it's weird to me too. Like, Rogers apparently was aware of this trade request, right, or things like that. I mean, haven't we heard reports of that that he was aware of it? Like, that's where I yes. just I'm like, where he who, want, yes, who yes. told him? Yes. Where did that go? All that type of stuff too. So yes, I think there's a lot of inside knowledge that maybe you and I don't know that other coaches in the NFL are aware that you know something's going down down here behind the scenes in Green Bay. And it was more than just you're wasting your time and that was the end of it. They may have decided to waste some of their time to put a preliminary package together just to see if the Packers would bite. Because my understanding is it was more than just a, you guys really aren't trading this guy, are you? No, are you crazy? Okay, see you later. My understanding, it was more than that based upon the original reporting and some information that I picked up sparked by the original reporting. So I think it got farther along. Yeah. Than, than just a quick call from Kyle Shanahan to Matt LaFleur. Let's take a break. Dave Gettleman chiming in on Aaron Rodgers and also explaining why he did something that he hadn't done his entire career, traded down in round one of the draft. We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Picks our people and yet make you know calculated risks whether you acquire them or give them up. Uh, I feel good about what we did today in the draft. Um, I'm sure Dave's got a concussion or something, so we'll make sure you check on him you know, overnight, and uh, we'll get back to work tomorrow. Uh, Joe Judge, Giants coach, trying to take a page from Jack Easterby and working a little uh, stand-up comedy. Oh, I'm don't compare him to Easterby. Don't do that. That was uh, he was that was good. It got me a chuckle. Okay, got me a chuckle. Uh, I, I, yeah, head injuries are always funny. They're always. <laughs> Well, you always lead with the head injury joke. He's referring to, to his GM, up. who's you know never like never traded down before. They're all like, "What did somebody whack you in the head or something? What's wrong with this guy? He did it twice in two days, so he's having a little fun." He didn't sell it. I think if he like gave a little more of a laugh and a chuckle, and maybe like would have made us at least you know chuckle a little bit more. That's that's again one of the reasons why comedy is <laughs> comedy hard. is hard left to the professionals uh, <laughs> definitely not us that's for damn sure all right so Dave Gettleman did trade down twice for the first time in his career as a general manager and I love the trade down from 11 to 20 once they got leapfrogged for Devontae Smith by the Eagles who jumped from 12 to 10 their next receiver was Kadarius Tony. they got him nine spots later and they picked up more stuff. They got a first-round pick next year from the Chicago Bears to go down to 20 and get the guy that, if they had to put a name on the card at 12, very well may have been the name they put on the card, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's impressive. I mean, the Giants, great offseason. You know, yeah, okay, maybe overpaid a little bit. We know for Kenny Galladay, but still got players they needed to address, you know, address issues on their team. And Kadarius Tony, you know, yeah, you missed Devontae Smith. Okay, all right, we'll take this freak of nature that's very Tyree Kill-ish. And we heard Urban Meyer yesterday how badly he wanted Kadarius Tony. So it is. It was a great job by Gettleman. Not only that move right there to still yeah, address the same position, the offense is dangerous, but that is huge, the first-round pick for next year. And a year where we know all GMs and everybody felt more comfortable picking as compared to this year. And then even the second round, to do business with the Patriots – and trade down, and then again, address what I think they were worried about and what they needed to address, which was an edge defender, and get Aziz Ojolari from, from Georgia. A perfect 
Giants, New England, outside linebacker, physical type of guy. So uh, I, I really, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Gettleman, I think, has been thrown under the bus a little too much here in New York. I think for the most part, he's done a pretty damn good job, and I think that's continued here through the offseason. I mean, I, I like the Giants draft. So much of it, though, rests on quarterback Daniel Jones, it top does. 10 pick a couple of years ago, and we see these moves. They are eliminating systematically any and all excuses That's it. that Daniel Jones could have, and they want him to have that Josh Allen type of a jump this year. Yes. Joe Judge was on the Michael K show on ESPN Radio yesterday talking about Daniel Jones and how injuries may be one of the reasons why he has yet to become a shortlist franchise quarterback. Here's Judge from yesterday. Look, Daniel's the last guy that's going to use anything as an excuse. Uh, what I would say about the injury last year is, look, it was a, it was much more serious than maybe people thought on the outside. I'd say probably 90% of the players in the league who would have had that injury, including quarterbacks, uh, would have been on IR for the remainder of the year. That's just the reality of it. It was much more severe than, you know, maybe he allowed people to know or, or the information that was put out there. And we're going to protect mm. our players by not disclosing everything about their injuries, to be honest with you. But, you know, he fought through a lot of things. He earned a lot of people's respect through what it was. He's a guy that you have a lot of confidence in just because of how the way you see him work on a daily basis. you got to tread lightly when you talk about things like that. The last thing that the Giants need is the NFL to go back and start comparing the details and specifics of the injury reports to other records that the team may have. You know, it happened when Ben Roethlisberger – had his elbow injury week two of 2019, and he was done for the year, and he hadn't been on the injury report. The Steelers got fined for that. And it's not a huge fine, but it's just an issue that you don't want, you don't need. It's an unforced error to go into that minefield. And he was kind of on the fringes of that minefield by talking about what Daniel Jones played through, what he didn't play through. Look, guys play through all kinds of stuff. And anytime they say it's not an excuse and then they give you the excuse, it's still an excuse. Just because they use the preface it's not an excuse or I don't want to make excuses then then don't say it yeah. at all yeah if you don't want to make excuses don't make excuses saying I don't want to make excuses doesn't make the excuse that you follow it with not an excuse yeah I, I mean you're right you're right I, I I don't think it's being used to do excuses I think it's more to shed the light like Joe Judge in this situation on the human being he's trying to like let everybody know like hey he's really respected in our locker room because of these things the public doesn't know this and I think he's trying to get the public to like, hey, respect this guy. There's a little more to him than, than maybe you realize. I do think there's great respect within that organization for Daniel Jones. One, it's, they believe in him. Like Joe Judge said, the work ethic, all those type of things. He's tough as hell. I mean, he's he's tough to an to a, it's you know it's a, a little bit of like a gift and a curse. It's what's caused these problems we're watching right here and all of that. He'll stand in the pocket like the Statue of Liberty in the middle of the Hudson River with people all around him and not move or not do anything. And he just he takes too many big hits. I mean, look at this. It's just it's it's been like this for two years now, and that's where he's got to adjust his game not only for himself, so his career lasts, but two, the fumbling problem is real, and that that those are two things. I mean, or one thing he's really got to fix about his football game. And back to your original point, I think that's like the point here more than anything. Man, they're gonna know. If Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the future after this year, like you said, there, there's no excuse. 
the pressure has now been swung in the Giants organization to me to, yes, Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett. And they, they're going to have to formulate something here that makes this offense, you know, fun and explosive and puts up yards and points. There's too much talent. You know, there's too many big names now. There's too much money thrown out there to some of these guys. There's going to be a spotlight on this offense and how it performs. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully that means good things for Big Blue, Daniel Jones, and, and all Giants fans. One of the first points you made when we started working together four years ago that caused me to think, you know what, I may be wrong about this guy. He may know a thing or two about the game. Is when you said, <laughs> when you're just going to let that one go. When you said that Eli Manning was screwed up because the blocking was so bad, the clock in his head was accelerating, right. and at times he was throwing the ball when he didn't have to right. because he was hyper-aware yes. of the fact that the walls were going to close in. Right. And I see Daniel Jones, who hasn't adjusted at all. No. His clock. No. To, and, and we thought we would see that last year. Mm -hmm. But I think that's job number one for Jason Garrett, getting this guy to make his read faster, get rid of the football more quickly, because when you hold on to it, you get hit. The more you get hit, the more you get hurt. And then we got to go with the backup, whoever the backup is this year. And the more you get hit when the ball's in your hand, the more likely the ball's going to be bouncing around on the turf and the other team's going to recover it and they're going to get a cheap seven or three points and it's going to make it even harder for us to win the game. So there are multiple reasons why they have to accelerate the yeah, clock yeah. in Daniel Jones' head. Yeah, there, there definitely is. And, you know, I think he's a good kid. He's trying to, you know, take the coaching. Hey, I'm going through the reads. That's what happens to a lot of these guys a lot of the times. Added to the fact that, you know, he spent his early part of his career probably witnessing Eli Manning and those things and probably had the coaches telling him, like, hey, you know, sit in the pocket here. We, we would have liked Eli to sit in the pocket here and make this throw. So that's probably in his mind a little bit too. But it is, Mike, you're right. That's the next phase. It's got to change this year. He can't be putting them in bad situations and taking sacks to make it second and 17 or fumbling the ball and doing those type of things. And added to that, we know he's a pretty damn good athlete. I know he tripped and fell, but damn, he ran 80 yards before that. He's had a lot of other damn good runs too. So it is. It's about he needs to add. It's a little like, uh, like we talked about with Kellen Mond in the draft, right? He needs to add a little bit more of a backyard element to his game. It just it can't always be in the pocket. You don't have the 2007 Patriots offensive line. It's got to be one, two, three real quick. Start looking around. Get the hell out of there. Throw the ball away. Do something. But uh, it is the biggest issue with his game. You're, you're spot on about that. You either have it or you don't or you have the ability to acquire it. This is the year that we find out whether or not he has the ability yeah, to acquire right. it. And if he doesn't, Maybe Aaron Rodgers will indeed be the quarterback of the Giants next year, although I think that's unlikely. Dave Gettleman. That would be awesome. Said, that would be so awesome. everything. <laughs> would, you, would, you, would you authorize Rodgers to change the number 11? Oh, what? I'd be like, screw you, Dad. You better let him have the jersey. <laughs> screw you. He's Aaron Rodgers. He wants to wear 11. The hell with it. Well, we'll, 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 uh, we'll retire it again after he's done wearing it. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we return, Bill Belichick's right-hand man is hanging it up. So who's going to take his place? What's that mean for the Patriots? More PFT Live right after this. We can't control what's going to be on the board. There's 31 of the teams picking, so we just try to take advantage of 
our opportunities in the draft to improve our team however we can. So that's the way I've always approached it. I really can't, I, I can't work on any, any other way. I, I just, you know, I don't feel comfortable going to the draft saying, well, we're going to, you know, take one guy at this position, take another guy at that position, or, you know, like if it doesn't go that way, then I just don't think you're getting the value, you know, for the picks that you have. Now, look, we've all, you know, made picks that worked out well, and we've all made picks that didn't work out so well. So it's it's an inexact science, and I'm not saying that, you know, all the decisions are, you know, have been good decisions or bad decisions or anything else. And development's part of it, too. We talked about that after Robert Kraft said what he had to say about the recent drafts of the New England Patriots. It's not just the guys you take. It's what you do to make them into NFL players, which I think is part of what the Patriots need to fix. But it is a crapshoot. It is inexact. And he gave a a much longer answer. We just played part of it. They have a system that isn't just grades. They color code. You know, you have to account for the fact that your needs influence your assessment. Right. And anyone who says we always take the best available player is lying. Right. Because the best available player, your assessment of it is influenced by what you need. And if you've got Patrick Mahomes and the best available guy on your board is a quarterback, you ain't taking the quarterback unless you want Patrick Mahomes to launch a passive-aggressive effort to be traded the following year. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has to match. You know, yes, it's, it's about like what Bill Belichick is telling you. It's the, the value of the draft. Okay, we're picking here. All right, we have this need, right? But we have no player that's worth the value of the pick right here with that need. Okay, let's trade down. Let's trade down and maybe the you know, trade down and now we'll address that need lower down to where it meets, you know, where the guys we have that need graded are on our on our chart, right? Or you stay where you are there and go, "Okay, we don't this isn't our number 1 need." But it matches up with what we did, what, what, like uh, where we got these guys drafted, and this is our number two need. It's all about balancing that. That's why I find Mike like their second round pick, Christian Barrymore. When when the Patriots trade up, I I perk up a little bit because that means to me they had a guy there at pick thirty eight in the draft that. He was sitting there, and they probably had him valued as one of the top 20 players in the draft. And Belichick sitting there, or a top 25 players in the draft, where he's looking at his board going, wait, it's pick 38. We have this guy valued here. What are we doing? We got to make a move up and go get him then, if that makes sense. And the board must have told them that, because they're not the type of organization that's really going to stray from their board, their formula, anything like that. And that's what's you know, made them miss at times, but of course has made them build a, a pretty damn good football team for a long time as well. Barmore was a guy who was perceived to be sliding because of some issues, yeah. work ethic, et cetera. Nick Saban came out and defended him last week, and Nick Saban's not going to put his name on the line. He doesn't, right. If there is anything to it, and, and, and that was good enough for Bill Belichick. He probably wishes Saban hadn't said anything about it publicly, but they were still able to get him. Ernie Adams, the director of football research i think was the title but nobody quite knows exactly what ernie adams did other than get things official done. cia member of the new england patriots <laughs> most impressive contribution super bowl 49 he was the one who spotted that shotgun formation double receivers on each side seattle seahawks the tendency in short yardage to throw out of that set so they had brandon browner that you, you pick 
you pick the the defensive back and the other guy's open on the in route. So Brandon Browner held the receiver that right. was going to be making the pick, right. allowing Malcolm Butler to make the interception. Yes. And that was all er- something Ernie Adams found. They practiced it that week, and, and then lo and behold, you get a Super Bowl ring out of it. We'll never have the full totality of how great Ernie Adams was or how special he was unless Belichick opens up the vault and lets us know all the special things he does for that football team or did for that football team. I don't know. I worked there for a year and a half. I got no clue exactly. He was in a room on the side, Mike. I think I've said this before. I used to love to go in there because I knew he was working on some like you know research project that was high level and nobody else was supposed to know and I'd walk in because I might have to give him the practice schedule or stuff like that and he'd be like as soon as I'd walk in he'd turn off his TV and close his laptop and cover his notes like it was some top secret mission he was working on so I always got a kick out of that but uh, great great part of that Patriots organization why in the hell did they ever even hire you they probably thought you were a giant spy <laughs> I don't know I, I don't had know spot I- of that well, I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they were feeding you false information that you were running back to the New York Giants. Of all the teams, <laughs> the only team that kicked their butt in the Super Bowl before the Eagles did, beat them twice, and they get. And there may be some higher level stuff. Maybe Ernie Adams was behind that. I'm not that, that smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, and they're going to have to replace him now, and that's really the question. Where's the next Ernie Adams come from, right. and do we see that manifest itself? in some slippage in what the Patriots are able to do. How much of the genius of Bill Belichick is going to be peeled away by the absence of Adams? Let's take a break. Did the teams in the draft that have great young quarterbacks do enough to help those quarterbacks stay healthy and thrive? We'll talk about that when PFC Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 